and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Vogelman. My guest this week is actor Frank Ashmore. Now, Frank's probably best known for portraying Victor in Airplane and Martin in the first two V miniseries and eventually V the series. Now, first with Airplane, we talk about just how funny that movie was, his experience making it, working with Peter Graves, Lloyd Bridges, and of course, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, we talk about the sequel, which he was in, and his part in that movie, and of course, Leslie Nielsen's Farting Machine. He tells a great story about that. And he's probably a little more known for portraying Martin in all the V series. We talk about the death of Martin, spoiler alert, which occurred in the premiere episode of V the series. Just the backlash that NBC got as a result of killing Martin. Frank talks about that. The backlash was so bad that the writers had to come up with a new character for Frank, which was Philip, which came later in the series. He talks about playing Philip, his experiences working with Kenny Johnson, the creator, and just his time on V, uh, his thoughts on the V remake that happened about, oh, about 10 years ago. Frank, really nice guy, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with him. So, Frank, thanks so much for uh, joining me. Really appreciate it. Sure. All right, so I'll touch upon uh, V real quick. Um, it's almost been close to 40 years now since that landbreaking miniseries started. I had uh, Kenny Johnson on my show. He was actually my first uh, guest, you know, a few years ago. Uh, you know, yeah. Created the miniseries. What drew you to, to that project the most? Uh, my wife at the time, Shannon Monahan, uh, God rest her soul, was Kenny's assistant. She typed the entire script. Okay. He uh, dictated it uh, through uh, yellow steno pads, handed it off to her, and she typed it on a selectric typewriter. It was about six months before the PC came into the home. So uh, there, were, there, there were no computers at the time. Um, it was still being done by hand. Right. Anyway, uh, Kenny got to the point uh, where the character Martin became um, became Martin. Yeah. Uh, in, in the first four hours, uh, no, excuse me, I, I I stand corrected. The first two hours, Martin was just seen fleetingly in crowd scenes and things right. like that. You had no idea who he was or why he was there. You come to find out in Act Two who he is and why he was there. Uh, kind of um, Diana's right-hand man, as it were. Um, so she read this uh, character and said, wow, Frank would be great for this. She suggested me to Kenny. I knew Kenny. Right. And uh, he said, yeah, it's a done deal. Frank will play Martin. And uh, that's how it went down. Right. I, 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 didn't, I didn't even audition for it. Okay. I had a uh, body of work that was um, fairly solid at the time, so he had uh, a lot to uh, draw off of uh, in that uh, there, there was a, enough on film that he could see that I could uh, walk and talk at the same time. Right. I mean, you know, the, the first, like, you know, miniseries, you know, it was groundbreaking, and then I guess Kenny left you know with i guess issues with you know with i don't know the network or or whatnot and the, the final battle um came out uh how much difference did you see on set between you know the first miniseries and second series without kenny's you know being there well kenny you know i mean it's always uh best to have the father of the piece right at the helm um Richard Heffron was, you know, he was a great director. He really was a wonderful director, but he wasn't Kenny Johnson, the creator of V, so he didn't have that same heartfelt passion right. that Kenny had for it. And uh, Kenny had a very strong vision of V that uh, was um, uh, derailed by the second team that came in to do the final battle, somewhat. I mean, they wanted to write me out of it because they thought, that because of my allegiance to Kenny, I would somehow sabotage <laughs> the final battle. Right. I, I, I took a meeting with uh, 
Dan Blatt uh, of Black Singer, who produced V, the, the, the final battle. And I, I, I looked at him and I said, Dan, I'm an actor, man. Why would I do that? I, 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 want, I, I need to work. Right. There would be no way I would sabotage your project. Uh, aside from the fact that being an actor, I will always strive to do my best work. So he, um, he agreed that that was probably a, a, a smart thing for me to say and uh, agreed to put me back in it. Um, smart man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, the rest is history. I did V the final battle and then um, uh, the same team got to the uh, series and the statement came forth that they did not know how to write for Martin any longer. So they killed him. Yeah, you know, in the first episode, which I mean, I, when the show came out, and I don't want to, you know, make you feel old, I was only 10 what, when the show came out. So I was kind of heartbroken because I love Martin. Martin was, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who loved him as a character, but the scenes get killed. Well, yeah, to the point that uh, there was such a, uh, an incredible letter writing campaign that went on uh, in and amongst the fans throughout the country to both NBC and Warner Brothers, uh, the likes of which neither entity had really ever seen before. It's pretty alarming. Right. The amount of mail that was coming in protesting Martin's death. So they got the brilliant idea to bring Philip. Frank Ashmore back as Philip. Right. Which I don't know, it didn't work for me, but yeah. again, I'm an actor. Paycheck. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Now, like from I guess doing, you know, the first two miniseries and then going on to the series. What was like morale like working on on the series? Because at that point, I'm sure they knew that the ratings weren't that great anymore. From from this, when you were on as uh, Martin in the first episode to like where you came on later in the season as Philip. Right, uh, morale was uh, very Titanic isk. <laughs> the ship was sinking, and everyone knew it. Right. So they kind of looked at me like, well. You so Frank, you're, you're going to save us from this inevitable doom. I, I, yeah. I don't think so. But, you know, they were all my friends. Right. We had worked together for uh, uh, three years now. So, uh, yeah, they embraced me and they uh, encouraged me and uh, supported me in, in playing uh, Philip. And, um, you know, it didn't work. I mean, not like it was supposed to. Right. Now, had like said that show been on the air maybe 10 years later when they had the sci-fi network and like other places, you know, more cable channels, you think that show would have had, you know, more of a chance to survive? The series? Yeah, the series. No. No. No, the writing wasn't great. The writing there. wasn't great. Yeah. Nope, not at all. Right. And again, we were uh, three times now removed from, from the creator. Right. Yeah. Okay, right. Now, do you think good science fiction needs to have like good social commentary? I don't know. Uh, v certainly did. And that's right. what made V so special. Uh, that very strong neo-Nazi bottom in going on at the same time as uh, spaceships flying around right. and uh, uh, human skin being pulled off, exposing lizards. But mm -hmm. there was this Nazi theme running throughout the uh, the the, uh, the show, uh, supported by and large uh, with a great, brilliant performance by uh, um, Leonardo Cimino, who played Abraham. Yeah. Um, that that whole Bernstein family storyline was very strong in right. support of that. Um, I, I I don't. I, to answer your question, I, re I really don't know that it's needed, but in 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 V's, uh, yeah, uh, I thought uh, that uh, that was uh, quite brilliant on Kenny's part to have that particular family involved in the story, uh, the multiple storylines and the overall arc of the show. 
uh, it was uh, pretty cool to have that uh, perspective. Yeah. When, when you were reading the script and then it came across that the visitors were in fact lizards, what was your reaction? Well, I, I kind of uh, knew that that was uh, going on because of uh, my wife, right. uh, Shannon. My grandson is in the background. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, I, I, I knew what was going down. Right. Now, when the uh, they you know remade the show, I guess maybe about ten years ago, did did you happen to watch it? I watched uh, the first episode. Okay. <laughs> what were your thoughts about it? Uh, well, first of all, I, I didn't know why they felt the need to remake V right. to begin with, other than maybe they uh, felt. Uh, uh, a uh, so desire to kind of correct some of the mistakes that were made in the series. But uh, for the most part, it just, I, I, I thought it felt, uh, it, it felt very flat. Yeah. It, it didn't have any passion. Uh, the stakes weren't really that high. So the level of drama was uh, deplenished. Um, yeah. Need I say more? No. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And, and and they didn't hire me. Of course. Yeah. I mean, that, that would have made a world of difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would have been the best series that ever had they yeah. hired me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, okay, before we get to Airplane, uh, I want to ask you about uh, Cl uh, Cl Clonus, the, the parts, you know, Clonus Horror, uh, r real quick. Um, I'd never heard of it until I watched it on Mystery Science Zero 3000. Did, uh -huh. did, did you happen to watch, have you seen that? Like kind of take no. on? No, 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 I haven't. Uh, oh. do, they, do, do they, are they unmerciful as far as they're making fun of it? Uh, it's, it's funny. It's, you know, you, you definitely get a good laugh. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. When, um, when, when you filmed Airplane and obviously Peter Graves was in both, you know, movies, do you guys talk about Clonus at all or no? We had done, we had already done airplane. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, or had we? I, I don't know. Had we? I don't. I don't. I don't remember. Peter is a very uh, sedate human. God rest his soul. Right. Uh, so I don't. I don't even think we went there with uh, with Clonus. Okay. I, and 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 I can't remember the timeline. Did I? I I'm not sure if I did it before or after. Um, airplane but uh i was so uh taken by the fact that i was working with peter when i walked onto the set and discovered who was playing captain over that uh, right. i i you know i pretty much just uh behaved myself and uh supported his performance as best i could right do you think why airplane works so well is the fact they had had Peter, they had Robert Stack, you know, uh, Lloyd Bridges, Leslie Nielsen, all these dramatic actors playing these, you know. Oh, that's precisely parts. why. That's precisely why it worked. Absolutely, that uh, casting uh, stunt, as it were, uh, was brilliant, and they were all great in the roles they played. Right. Um, Peter Graves had a hard time accepting the humor of Airplane and therefore had a hard time saying yes to playing okay. the part. His family uh, read the script and they insisted he do it. Right. And once he got on the set and he started rocking and rolling, the actor kicked in and mm -hmm. uh, he had a ball. And, uh, you know, he had a hard, he had a hard time with... Uh, have you ever seen a grown man naked? And uh, right. uh, what about uh, gladiator movies and Turkish prisons right. and all of that? But uh, once he suspended his disbelief enough, he had a ball, and, and we all did. We, uh, we really didn't know at the time when we were on the set where this thing was going to go. It's it's literally become one of the great cult comedy classics of all time. I think AFI has it rated at number two or three funniest films of all time of uh, all time right 
Wow. Do you, know what, do you know what number one is? I'm going to say it's either Blazing Saddles or I think I saw that would, it. Like like, that would have been, been my uh, vote. Wasn't it Some Like It Hot? I think that was out there. Some Like It Hot. Yeah. No, yeah. you're good, man. You, yeah. you, you know your stuff. It was Some Like It Hot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Blazing Saddles is in there, but it's like number five or six or something. Uh, which Blazing Saddles is my all-time favorite comedy. Oh yeah, uh, I just uh, that, that that is the most hilarious film I've ever seen in my life. Every performance is a gem. It is, yeah. Uh, Slim Pickens, uh, Cleavon yeah. Little, right. uh, Harvey Corman, and of course uh, 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 Mel Brooks himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, great stuff. Yeah, and you, you probably couldn't even make that movie now. Oh no, no, you could. <laughs> no way could you make that movie now. No yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, BLM would go berserk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But how long after the airplane came out did like people come up to you with you know what's your vector vic? Did you did you hear that a lot? No, I I, I did not uh, not so much with airplane. Okay. Uh, I actually went to movie theaters and and was hoping I would be recognized, but I never was. <laughs> right. <laughs> never was. But yeah, yeah now uh, you know uh, people ask me about airplane, and of course all I have to say to them is uh, we have clearance, clearance. Check yeah. your vector, Victor. Roger, Roger, and uh, you know everybody's got clarity about <laughs> what I'm talking about. Right. Um, but uh, after uh, V aired, um, yeah, it was uh, kind of fun to go to the supermarket. I'm sure. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I had I had Robert Hayes on uh, last year, and he was telling me about uh, you know Leslie Nielsen's uh, farting machine. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh my God! Uh, poor Leslie. He 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 was insane, <laughs> and but he knew it. He knew he was insane. Right. Uh, and uh, he had so much fun with that. Apparently, uh, he had a prop man make that thing for him. Uh, he had us going for about two days. Right. So here I am, new kid on the block, sitting with uh, Peter Graves. And I think uh, Lloyd Bridges had come in for a costume fitting or something. And uh, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was there. We were all kind of sitting around in our chairs, having a cup of coffee, waiting for the uh, set to be lit. And in walks Leslie Nielsen. Oh, Leslie Nielsen's on this. How cool. Well, this is going to be great. This is going to be awesome. Leslie starts to sit down and he blows off three really <laughs> juicy pieces of flatulence right <laughs> i look over at peter graves and, and peter's like trying to hide a a smirk that's about ready to break into a laugh <laughs> and everybody's trying to be you know socially appropriate oh the poor man and leslie's comment was oh guys i'm so sorry i <laughs> whatever you do don't eat the burrito off of the uh, off the catering truck <laughs> And uh, that went on for a couple of days. And uh, he started selling those things right. to various people. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, he, he pulled that with everybody. But apparently he was doing it uh, before uh, Airplane, but it cer certainly worked great with Airplane. Uh, what with Peter Graves' uh, very famous demise. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you walk on set and start cream up the little Jabbar, like, what were your thoughts? Oh man! Well, you, you know the the Lakers had won uh, the championship, right. and I think uh, that year Kareem was uh, the MVP of the championship. So, man, that was that was special. Yeah. And he was a really kind, sweet man. Um, you know, he was uh, there whether you were a, a basketball fan or not. Yeah, know, it was uh, it was very cool. He was not their first choice. They had uh, another athlete, and I'm not sure who it was. It wasn't OJ, yeah. which uh, he he then went on, you know, with yeah. the uh, Zucker Brothers and Jimmy yeah. Abraham's the uh, Naked Gun series. Right. Uh, I heard maybe it was Pete Rose. Was he one? Uh, was up there? Pete Rose? Yeah. I I don't know. Okay. Um, 
I'm, I'm not really sure. I, for some reason, it was I, what comes to mind is a boxer, but I'm not sure who it w- would have been. Right. But Kareem was the perfect choice because yeah. of uh, his height. Right, exactly. Putting a, a seven foot two man in the, the cockpit, cockpit of a. <laughs> <laughs> right. And when they, they pull him out, he's in his Laker shorts and sneakers. And with a jock strap hanging yeah. out. It, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. I know they brought you back for the sequel. Were, were, were you like, playing victor again or because i know it's just controller number three or whatever your role was uh victor again no uh they hired and i can't come up with the actor's name he came on to a play that i was doing as the understudy for uh ted lange what what is the actor's name oh i'm so sorry that's okay um and anyway that's the way they went and that's the the way they wanted to go but they uh they brought me back and then the very first scene they painted me bright green right yeah. i went with it why not you know yeah. again paycheck. i'm an actor yeah. the paycheck right and i had fun and i i think i got uh to do what i think is one of the funniest gags in a movie with uh lloyd bridges right striker striker yeah striker right yeah, it doesn't get old. It really, it really does. <laughs> yeah, but like obviously the second one. I mean, nothing's gonna live up to the first one, you know, because I don't think comedy sequels really work. No, that's why the Zucker brothers said no. Yeah, because they knew they. Well, first of all, you're right; they don't really work. Um, and sequels of things that caught fire and uh, burned brightly, as it were, like Greece. <laughs> Grease 2, we, yeah. we ended up with the director of Grease 2. Okay. I think those are the only two movies a guy ever did, but Ken, <laughs> Ken Finkelman. Uh, I, I, I may have uh, just uh, misspoke, but uh, <laughs> they hired the director of Grease 2 <laughs> to do Airplane 2. Right. That's, yeah, that's some resume then. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So you've guest starred in a lot of uh, in a lot of TV shows. Which one was probably your most memorable role? Oh boy, hard to say. Uh, it probably goes right back to the beginning of uh, when I started working. Um, Streets of San Francisco was one of my very first uh, guest stars, and uh, of course. Working with uh, Carl Malden and uh, Michael Douglas was a, uh, a rare treat. It was pretty cool. Michael uh, ended up being a really great guy. We, uh, we had a very fun ride home in the uh, studio transportation car to our respective hotels. <laughs> and I feel as though in that short period of time, it was about a half hour right. from, uh, from the set to... Uh, when we dropped Michael off at his hotel uh, before we uh, headed off to mine, about a half hour. So, yeah, not a lot of time, but uh, enough time to um, feel as though uh, I had gotten to know him and allowed him to know me. Uh, Nick Nolte was uh, on that show. We shared a dressing room, actually. Uh, Again, it was uh, in the very early days of both of our careers. Nick was doing a play, I believe, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, they brought him to San Francisco to do uh, uh, a guest star in the, in, in the same episode. So it was uh, Nick and myself and uh, an actress uh, of the day, uh, Pam Darby. Okay. And uh, it was, you know, I again, Nick Nolte was just another actor, right? <laughs> uh, it, it was before Rich Man, Poor Man, but uh, yeah, it was cool that we uh, kind of got our starts on the same show, right? You also did a little, you know, comedic work, you know, you know, on Happy Days and even like later in the career with Arrested Development, exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did an afternoon play break. Uh, I played the lead in uh, a comedy uh, uh, afternoon play break with uh, Julie Kavner. Okay. 
called The Girl Who Couldn't Lose. It was a game show themed uh, plot line that uh, Jack Carter was the the MC of and uh, she uh, won a date with me and the rest is history. Right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do you prefer a comedy or drama? Which one do you feel you are you better at? Well, most of my work um, professionally has been um, not so much on stage, but mm-hmm. as far as uh, television and film has uh, been dramatic. I, I have done comedy for mm-hmm. sure, but uh, it, it seems as though it's gone toward the uh, dramatic bent more than comedy. Right. Now, obviously, th- this year is thankfully wrapping up and hopefully 2021 will be uh, a little a little better. <laughs> uh, do you think like the live theater can survive? Uh, were you speaking specifically of Broadway? Broadway, just, you know, even like local theater, you know, throughout the country. Well, Broadway, Broadway will certainly come back. Um, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> it's hurting, but the way those shows are structured, there's all sorts of uh, insurance clauses in uh, in the licensing with theaters and so on and so forth that uh, hopefully protect them from uh, uh, force majeure if there's like an earthquake or, you know, something that is catastrophic that uh, causes production to go down. So I'm sure they've exercised some of those policies. But I mean, as far as... Uh, LA uh, equity waiver and some of the um, acting companies throughout LA. Uh, gosh, it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. I know that Actors Co-op, which is one of the premier acting companies in Los Angeles, uh, has been doing virtual readings and things like that mm-hmm. to kind of stay alive. Um, but it, it, it's it's hard to say. There's uh, I know a lot of theaters have closed down. Right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe perhaps to never open again. Right. Which is, hard, hard to say. Yeah. And then again, uh, it being what it is, uh, there will be new theater groups and new theaters. Right. So on. I mean, live theater will always exist. Right. I just might take a little bit to, to get back up. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking of producing and directing a production of Annie uh, okay. in Canyon Country in Santa Clarita. I was just on the, uh, that's why I was late. Uh, right. I was in the middle of uh, trying to get a license for Annie through uh, Music Theater International. And I, I was at a point where I, I couldn't stop. And had I stopped, I would have had to gone back and redone, re- redo everything I had done. Not a problem. <laughs> Uh, that's so we'll see if I get the rights. Uh, yeah, good luck. It, 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 they're they're issued geographically, you know. Right. Uh, they're not gonna, they're not going to give the rights to a theater that's right around the corner from another theater they just licensed to right. do the same show. Uh, so I, I I think we'll we have a pretty good chance of getting it. Okay. Cool. Good luck. Yeah. For the longest time, that was my daughter's favorite movie. We'll watch that like every oh, night. Oh, Annie. Yeah. Did, did she, has she seen the musical on stage? No, she. I mean, she's seen like the the local um, the middle school did a little pr- production a couple of years ago, which we, we, she uh-huh. enjoyed, but she hasn't seen it like right. on like you know a big production on stage yet. If a, uh, a touring company, and I'm not sure if any are out there right now doing any, uh, it, it's it's a great stage, it's a great theatrical experience. Right. The the film. Was great. I mean, you know, you don't get much better than Albert Finney. He, yeah. he was wonderful. Um, musically, the film was really good, and and uh, of course, uh, Carol Burnett as Hannigan was yeah. was wonderful. But uh, the uh, stage production is it, it's really it, it's got more heart and soul than the film uh, was given right. by Hickson, who directed it. Right. Yeah, I I remember seeing it when it was on Broadway when when I was much younger. And yeah, I, yeah, really, really great doing, show. Yeah, it's a great show. The music is great. It's a, it's a lot it's of a fun. Great show. Yeah, and I, I have to you know mention this because my wife will kill me. Uh, she was a huge or still is actually a big Days of Our Lives fan, and I know you had a role on there uh, a few years what? ago. Uh, Days Which of Our one? Lives. Oh, Days of Our Lives. Yeah. Yeah. I was on Days for. Uh, 
I forget. It was, it was like close to nine months, I think. And right. then uh, they they hired me, uh, the casting director, um, Fran Bascom at the time. She told me right up front, she said, Frank, um, don't get your hopes up about having this become a steady gig for you. Right. Uh, they want to kill this character and they <laughs> want to make the arc very... Um, the the actual your actual death will be very climactic it, it's going to be the friday hook for uh that particular week and then going into the uh, following week and brenda benet who um subsequently um committed suicide unfortunately she was married to bill bixby at the time that was my uh, targeted character the character right. she was playing uh, the name of which I, I don't remember, but Br Brenda Bonet played it. Most of my work was done with uh, Susan Seaforth Hayes. Okay. And it was a great gig. You know, I, I worked every day for nine months, uh, five days a week. And, uh, you know, soap opera salaries aren't too shabby. So it was, um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a nice gig. It was, a, it was a good period of time. And then when, after they killed me, uh, four or five soaps came after immediately <laughs> right and i ended up on general hospital at the time that uh luke and laura laura's storyline right. was very very the, the hottest thing in america I right mean, it was, they were on every magazine and um i couldn't have been on that show at a better time because uh, because of that particular storyline that was going on and uh it didn't last. Uh, <laughs> the writing just, I, I, I wasn't supported by the writing and I went to the executive producer and I just said, it doesn't look like it's happening. Uh, what's happening. And she said, I don't know. The writers are kind of stalemated as to what to do. And I said, well, let, let's just end it. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. Thank God we did. Uh, I think it was about two months later that uh, I was on V. Okay. So had I been still on contract at General Hospital, I may have been able to do V. Uh, you know, stranger things have happened, but it probably would have been very difficult. Right. ABC and General Hospital probably wouldn't have allowed that to happen. Right. And it's kind of ironic. You said, you know, the writers on General Hospital really didn't know what to do with you. And it turns out they really didn't know what to do with Martin on the series. No, so, so maybe, it's, maybe, maybe it's Frank Ashmore's fault. Maybe they just don't oh, know what to do with Frank Ashmore. Yeah. Right. But I mean, like that, the pilot episode of, of, the, of the series, I mean, your, your death, you had a really good dramatic death scene on, on the, on yeah. The, so that was, yeah. That and Nicola gets you a cup of coffee. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just walked away from a, a lot of money. I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, their excuse was, uh, I thought, uh, really bogus. Yeah. But whatever. Anyway. Yeah. It, it, exactly. Now, I don't, Maybe you can remind me. I, I can't remember. I don't think you actually had um, any of your like lizard features showing in any part of the series, right? And, and well, well, in the death scene, yeah, in the death scene, your arm, in your arm, my four, my, my right. forearm, yeah, that, that was it, Which right? Was, I had to shave my arm, okay, and they put you know the the lizard skin on, and then they yeah, uh, but it, it wasn't ripped off; it had already been exposed, right. so. Uh, they, yeah, they did uh, the uh, fake human skin frayed on the edges. Right. Uh, Marvin Westmore did the makeup. Okay. Uh, yeah. How much, like, of, of the other actors, how much uh, time did it take for them to put on, like, the lizard? Uh, was it just uh, a mask? I was in, I, yeah, I, that, that, that night I was in the makeup trailer for probably an hour. Okay. I mean, they put the lizard skin on and then they paint it. Right. Uh, actually, they airbrushed it with some, you know, green paint, and they're just simply airbrushing the prosthetic piece that they glue on. So, uh, you know, that that's pretty easy. And then they do the detail work. I think if you remember, the skin was kind of um, it was like corrugated, or you know, it yeah. had ridges. It had ridges in it. Right. And they got in there with a brush and and defined the ridges uh, with a darker green, perhaps, and highlighted the edges so that it, it photographed pretty, uh, very, very nicely from a three-dimensional standpoint. Right. 
Yeah. After, you know, your demise, did you keep track with the show before they recasted you or no? Uh, to a certain extent, um, not really. I mean, I I watched, I I watched, of course, the episode that I did. Yeah. uh, To see how it turned out. And I was pretty happy. I, um, but you know, they were, Martin was, uh, in civilian clothes now. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't the same deal. Right. Exactly. You're pretty much as a human now. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, can you watch like your, your stuff? In, like if you're flipping through channels, you one of your movies or shows pops on. Can you sit and watch yourself? Oh, yeah. You mean unlike Robert Redford who can't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, at this point, can and not get really too anxious about, you know, choices I made that I probably could have made better choices at it. Right. Uh, in the beginning, it was horrible. I, I really, I really couldn't watch my work yeah. because uh, I just, I didn't like it. I, right. I, I didn't think I did anything that was worthy of anybody watching. Oh, <laughs> uh, and, and then I, then I found out that uh, Robert Redford had the same issues with his work. And of course he was a megastar forward slash producer director so i kind of like figured well you know you're not alone then i mean you're in good company there but i i I don't know i i guess it just has to do with uh being somewhat uh, ocd'd and and uh uh, i i am a bit of a perfectionist in in most areas of my life when i attempt to do something i generally kill myself trying to do it mm. with uh, a degree of perfection that I will never achieve but I'm not saying that's a bad thing I think that's probably a good goal to have if you understand that you will never reach that right so I mean I, I learned um, before uh, V and after some of the earlier work I did uh by studying with uh, a great coach in LA, Charles Conrad, who was uh, uh, a protege of uh, Sanford Meisner in New York. Uh, You know, just, you're it, man. You Mm. know, this is it. This is what you've been given to work with. This is your tool. This is what you will bring to the marketplace. Uh, Learn to appreciate it and, um, you know, forget all of that nonsense about, uh, being right or wrong right uh, if you're in the moment and you know you're in the moment then nine times out of ten your work will be truthful and it'll be honest because it, it will be unencumbered by a lot of thought process right. about what is appropriate what what is not appropriate just you know just be there and have a, an experiential um, take on the uh, on the moment you're working on and let that you know be a, a play within itself that that one little segment uh, is, is a play in and of itself and enjoy the performance, have fun. So, you know, it took me a while to get there, but uh, once there, you know, uh, it became a lot easier for me to watch my work. Right, right. Now, do you, do you prefer the live theater over like television and movies? Um, to me, acting is acting, you know, uh, of course, uh, in film and television, you don't have that uh, instant gratification of an audience response right. with, uh, you know, uh, whether you uh, laid down the joke properly and they got it and they laughed. Uh, but I, I really, I, I love filmmaking. I, I love that whole process. I love, I love everything about it. But I certainly do love the adoration of a good audience. Right. Yeah. Now, you know, guest starting all these shows, do you have to like research? Do you do watch any of the show before you just go in? This is, this is my role. I'm just going to do it. I don't need to know about the backstory of the show at all. Uh, that's a real good question. I, I, um, I, I never re well, like with streets of San Francisco, I had watched it. So right. I, I, 
I knew it, what it, it was up to. I, I knew yeah. what it was about. I knew who who the stars were and so on. And so I, I kind of knew what I was uh, getting myself into by uh, going up there to do that role. Uh, Happy Days. Uh, I had watched Happy Days, loved Happy Days. Right. Uh, so I was very excited about doing that. And I was working with Cheryl Ladd, too, yeah. <laughs> uh, who really hadn't become a star yet. No one really was aware of this girl but uh anyway uh she was my co-guest star on happy days which was um, a special treat i thought yeah (laughs) and uh not not really i mean i i don't go out of my way to watch them but i i I certainly think it's kind of uh necessary to know what uh the show is uh about like um my my favorite show of all time is uh, Law and Order, um, SUV. Right. And I'll tell you, you get a guest star on that, you've got to be such an incredibly good actor that um, to to get hired on that show is probably nearly impossible. And and, and it's not impossible, but. Right. Uh, I don't know how many uh, actors they audition for any one given role, but it's almost guaranteed that in the course of doing that show, you're going to have to have a major, tearful, Hmm. crying breakdown in your close-up, where you start at zero and end up at uh, 10, gushing tears. Right. And if you can't pull that off, you're not going to do that show because it's like every, every guest star on that show is required to do one of those scenes. Yeah. And it's really high drama on that show. Uh, I would love to do that show, but I keep thinking, my God, can I pull, could I pull that off? Could I, what am I, Am I in a place as an as an actor to be able to do that? I, I think maybe I am, and I think maybe the atmosphere that uh, is created by the other actors on the show, uh, the uh, the crew, just the the, the whole art, the the whole uh, uh, context of the show uh, would support that happening. Right. Yeah. Now you mentioned how you you would love to do that show. Has there been ever like a show that you actively, you know? seek to be on with the pressure of your agent to try to get no no no, not really i mean i i I call my agent often uh you know what about getting into this office or that office that i know is casting a show that i've never done so i between that and and just um now not so much because of covid19 but uh production is starting to crank up again uh to a certain extent um, if you've seen the news, uh, Tom Cruise is very concerned about. Yes, he is. Production getting yeah. shut <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Poor Tom. I know. Tom, Tom and his um, Scientology. Yeah. Apparently, apparently it didn't work very well. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing Tom is, is not poor. So we don't have to worry about that. No, Tom is not poor. No. Yeah. No. Right. No. Yeah. What would you feel comfortable going back on, on a set now, like post-COVID? Oh yeah. yeah, the protocols. Uh, I, I've had uh, friends that have worked, and it, it's it's a big pain in the butt. You right. know, I mean, they're just uh, you got to walk around with a mask and a shield, and they test you throughout the day. Yeah, and it's just you know, right. But you know, it is what it is. I mean, if you want to work and yeah. and uh, uh, reap the benefits of uh, SAG minimum, even is right. is better than nothing. That's yeah. for sure. Right. And then you have to put up with it. Yeah. So how did you keep busy this year? Uh, I have a, uh, a painting decorating business. We uh, specialize in doing uh, uh, faux finishing and uh, we do a lot of wood refinishing. Okay. So my team, my team was blessed with a, <clears throat> a very incredible job in uh, Hancock Park, which is a... Um, very high-end area in LA. As a matter of fact, Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles, lives in that particular community. Uh, you could take this, those same homes right. and 
just translate them right into Beverly Hills or Bel Air and they would fit in beautifully. So the homes themselves are of a Beverly Hills uh, caliber, but they don't have the, the 90210 uh, zip code. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, but it's a very, very high-end neighborhood. And uh, yeah, I, I was blessed by uh, uh, getting that gig. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know, uh, quickly back to me, I know uh, Kenny is still actively trying to get his like B movie uh, done. You think there's a place for you, if not Martin, just for you in, in his movie? Uh, knowing Kenny, um, I, I say this with a certain deal of trepidation because I, you know, I, I kind of got excited when I heard that uh, he was so close to having it uh, uh, produced by Desi Lou. Right, that's which, right. Uh, fell apart for him. Uh, I, I, I kind of think maybe uh, he would find something in it for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I often tease him, uh, truth and jest. Yeah. Uh, about being the supreme commander <laughs> right yeah well you can pull it off totally <laughs> which uh yeah it would kind of make sense it would yeah. be a nice piece of stunt casting one two uh i'm i'm older much older than richard heard right. was when he played the role i think richard was early 60s when he played uh uh the uh, supreme commander so yeah. we'll see. I, I, I don't know. And who knows, maybe, maybe, you know, the, the, the role of a, of a, of a, of a shopkeeper, who knows? I, right. I don't know. Right. But Kenny, Kenny's uh, the kind of guy that w would do that. And I'm sure that he would uh, love to bring Mark back if he could somehow. Yeah. Um, who knows? Right. Are you, are you surprised that he hasn't been able to get this done already? Yeah, I really am, given uh, all of the other sci-fi fantasy films that have been made. Right. That uh, I forget the price tag he puts on, on the, but I think I heard something about 60 million, which is not much. Yeah. In the realm of uh, science fiction with uh, a lot of CGI work, which is obviously what he would use today. Right. Uh, for any special effects that he had to do. Um, yeah, I mean, Kenny was like, you know, doing, you know, filmmaking uh, almost <laughs> from a caveman standpoint. <laughs> right. Rotoscoping, you know, laser uh, shots and uh, the whole uh, guinea pig eating scene with yeah. Jane done, you know, with uh, false heads and yeah. things. <laughs> Um, yeah, this day and age, uh, he could really have a lot of fun with it. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really don't know why uh, someone's not biting because V was very popular. Right, it was. Um, I, 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 I don't know, no, why, why it's not happening. Yeah. Right. Hopefully it'll happen soon after, after all this. But do you, I, I do too. Yeah, yeah. Do you keep up in touch with any of the cast members? Uh well, Jane and I have the same booking agent for conventions, Derek mm -hmm. Mackey. We did a uh, virtual convention, Jane, Sarah Douglas, and myself. Right. That was advertised uh, by uh, Derek. And it was somewhat successful. I mean, I, I walked away with a nice chunk of change. I'm, right. I'm sure Sarah and Jane did too. Uh, not nearly what it would have been had we been in person somewhere at a convention uh, center at yeah. a Comic-Con or one of those. Right. But it was, uh, yeah, for an hour, for an hour of my life, my gosh, it was, I, I could do that any Saturday. <laughs> exactly. You don't have to travel, uh, you're on the couch. <laughs> that's right. So uh, I, I, I saw Jane and, and we, uh, you know, we had a minute before we started. It was kind of cool. Right. Um, I've seen Mark a couple of times at conventions. Yeah. Richard Hurd and I were very close. Right. Uh, I hired Richard to play the role of Willie Loman in a production of Death of a Salesman. Oh, wow. um, back in 94. Okay. And uh, it was a great production. 
really was. And Richard was uh, brilliant as Willie. Right. So the rest of them, uh, Bob England, I haven't uh, talked to in a while. It's been, been a long time. Did I tell you my Bob England story? I think I did when we first talked. Uh, no, you didn't actually. About Freddy Krueger? No. Really? Yeah. Well, let me tell you. Absolutely. Uh, you, speaking about cast members and me. So uh, we, we finished shooting uh, V the first four hours. Right. And uh, we're all... Um, you know, waiting around to find out, you know, I, I don't even think it had aired yet. Uh, the first four hours hadn't even aired yet. And I get a call from uh, Robert England and um, he said, I'm just calling to say hi, see how you're doing. I just did a, a convention um, for V and, and I, I said, yeah, which one? How come I wasn't there? <laughs> and uh, he laughed and, you know, I mean, that that's the way it is with those things, you know, right. they, yeah, you know, there, there's only so many people you can bring in and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so he, uh, one thing led to another. And, you know, what have you been doing, Frank? Uh, I've been doing this. I, I think I had done a couple of uh, TV shows, Crazy Like a Fox, I think was one, and maybe one others. And he, I said, you know, likewise, what, what have you been doing, Bob? Yeah. And he said, ah, yeah. Kind of say this with a deal or a great deal of reluctance i'm kind of embarrassed <laughs> about it but right. I, I i did this schlock horror film and i said oh really i said what did you do he said basically yeah. I, play, I played the boogeyman and i said oh really yeah. boogeyman? well good for you and he says uh, yeah it's a it's a slight you know a a, a a slice and dice uh slasher film and uh he, that that was pretty much it. I said, "Yeah, what was it called?" And of course, it was Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. Yeah. And uh, the rest is history. Yeah, well, he made a nice career out of him for himself making those movies. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, Bob. Uh, Bob hit the, uh, the the triple sevens. That's for sure. Yeah, and then yeah, I'm sure they'll reboot those again with you know with him. So. <laughs> Yeah. audience uh, well, they, 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 didn't they try to do one with some other actor yeah i think it was like jackie earl haley i think yeah 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 exactly. yeah uh -huh. and i don't think it did no. very well no the, 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 when they remake something very rarely doesn't do well like like the, like the re the v remake you know just doesn't do well yeah. yeah but frank i appreciate your time uh best of luck with annie hopefully that gets up and running for you Thank you, Noel. I hope so, too. Yeah. It, was, it, it was a pleasure being with you. And a special thanks to Frank for joining me today. And if you have a guest suggestion, hit me up on Twitter at the first Noel 19 or like the page Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the best episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and view the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. Shows on SoundCloud, it's also on Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found. Go to livingmyyouth.brothers.com for all your merchandise, t-shirts, hoodies, phone cases, they're all there. New episode comes out every week. Stay safe, everybody. Happy holidays.